0: Welcome to the after Show Combo. We're going to discuss Victor Gunnison, which is one of the murder victims of our very first outline on Elsie Underwood and his tie to the assassination of the Swedish Prime Minister, Olaf Palme. So uh, I also want to discuss a couple of other suspects in Catherine uh, Miller's murder, which was Kay Whedon's mom. So uh, let's get to that first and then we'll get into the assassination because that is still unsolved. The Swedish authorities said that they believe they know who did it, but it is so circle. I mean, you couldn't go to court with the reasons they think he did it. So um, it's, I don't understand where they're getting to their conclusions, but anyway, this kind of throws a twist into the story of Elsie Underwood, and it's going to untie some of those tied-up ends that we talked about you know, with them putting Elsie uh, Underwood in jail. So during their investigation of the murders of Victor and Catherine, law enforcement conducted numerous interviews, and some revealed some potential alternative suspects. Terry Osborne, a Rowan County resident who was eventually elected as a a county clerk of court, said that he saw an individual leaving the area of Catherine Miller's home around the time of the murder. He also said that he was positive that it was not Elsie Underwood. The man was baby-faced and in his early 20s with a different build who walked briskly and springy like a young person. Now, this could literally be just someone walking, you know, like coincidence, right. in the area that had nothing to do with it. But here's what's crazy. He said that he resembled the, quote, crazy foreign exchange student that Kay was boarding at the time. Oh, well, he could have left. I had no idea that she was boarding anybody. And, you know, remember they lived in the same neighborhood, she ran down the street to her house to get the key to open her mom's house. And so this guy saw someone that looked like her exchange student. And then he said that he had seen the man a week later and that he drove, drove a car of the same make as LC Underwood's, but the license plate was different. So what do y'all think? I think it's a coincidence. I do. I also think your
1: brain tricks you for sure But did Mm Elsie Underwood, did he ever actually admit
0: to it? Ooh. Mm -mm. So then another interview of Robbie Smith, uh, this is another potential, revealed another potential suspect. Let me read from the court documents. So in addition, in June 1995, an SBI agent interviewed Robbie Smith, a Rowan County resident. Smith told authorities an acquaintance of his, Brandon Shelton, had on at least four occasions confessed to killing Mr. Gunnerson. Shelton reportedly told Smith that he and his friend, uh, Michael Blackwelder, killed Mr. Gunnerson because Shelton caught him and his wife at the Shelton home following a sexual encounter. And Heather had admitted her affair with Mr. Gunnerson. Shelton reportedly gave Smith details about the offense that were not publicly known. On April 11, 1995, an SBI agent interviewed Heather, and Heather told authorities that her husband, Shelton, had caught her and Mr. Gunnarson after they had had sex and threatened to kill them. Shelton had confessed to her that he and Blackwelder killed Mr. Gunnarsson, which confession Heather believed that Shelton kept newspaper articles about his murder and that after the murder, Shelton told her that she would never have sex with him again. On July 25th, 1995, an SBI agent interviewed Brandon Shelton and according to the notes, he told the agent, one, that he was jealous over his wife, two, he had caught his wife with uh, Mr. Gunnerson; three, Heather admitted to the affair, four, he had threatened to kill him, Five, he planned to get Gunnerson at the first opportunity. Six, he befriended him in order to give him a false sense of security. Seven, his friend Michael Blackwelder had a key to Mr. Gunnerson's apartment. Uh, eight, he last saw Mr. Gunerson on the date of his murder. Nine, he had borrowed a twenty two caliber pistol and a thirty eight caliber pistol those are the uh, calibers used to kill both Mr. Gunnerson and Miller, respectively, from a neighbor. Ten, he kept n- newspaper clippings of his case. Eleven, he and Blackwater had planned to go to Mr. Gunnarsson's home on the night of his murder to get him. Twelve, he had confessed to Smith and others that he killed Mr. Gunnerson and had given Smith details about the crime. And thirteen, he was very familiar with the Blue Ridge Parkway where Mr. Gunnarsson's body was found. Notes from the interview further reflect that when asked whether he had killed the decedent, Shelton merely declined to answer the question, and that when he was asked if he had a briefcase containing the confession and the gun, Shelton said that he wanted to talk to an attorney. Also, later on, March 13, 1997, an interview was conducted with Shannon Tedders, a homeowner who lived adjacent to the Wata- Watauga County lot on which Mr. Gunnerson's body was found. Tedder's told authorities that in the hours after Mr. Gunnarsson was believed to have been murdered and dumped, she got a good look at a man who was coming from the area where the body was later found. Tedder said that she had never seen anyone come from that area before that date. She described the man, and police used the description to compel the petitioner to appear in a lineup. However, Tedder's description did not match petitioner, and she did not pick him out of the lineup. In other words, she did not pick Elsie Underwood out. Tedders told her interviewer that one of the investigators expressed disappointment that she had not identified Gunnerson. Tedders reported that when she saw the petitioner's picture in the newspaper, she was sure that was not the man she had seen the morning in question.
2: Well, why
0: didn't
1: they arrest him? So here's the thing, and we talked about this, there's just, there's several things. So detectives, I think we discussed this. They have it in their minds it's this Mm -hmm. individual and they will put that that person away but isn't that usually if they don't have another suspect right no i've seen the true crimes where they there's multiple or there's true um, but that's a lot of evidence against that one that is and the fact that he was naked did he catch Mm -hmm. him in when he was actually having the affair with his wife because the one threw me off
0: I think it opens up a lot of questions. Number one, did the ballistics, did the ballistics, sorry, my cat just jumped up here. uh, Like, did they match? They never found, I don't think the weapons, they never had any ballistics. The other thing thing is, okay, why Catherine Miller? So it's, like, if you go back to the fact, so if it was just Victor, why was he murdered, why was her mom murdered, and why was her son shot at? So, is it one of those crazy coincidences where he killed her mom and tried to shoot her son, and then Victor just happens to get killed by someone else? You know what that I mean? two
3: killer, two different cases. Right. Yeah, that's possible because that's a lot of proof for that. I mean,
0: and though, if you come to that, you would have to conclude that the cops uh, planted evidence because remember the footprint or the, you know, on the the trunk uh, piece of hair? Mm-hmm. Well, there's multiple pieces of hair. But did they plant that, which we know cops can do? So um, <laughs> now. The, yeah. The defense put forth other evidence and theories while conceding that Elsie and Kay's relationship was stormy. But the state's evidence was pretty strong. So, for example, on December 6, 1993, Elsie visited a restaurant where Catherine and Kay were dining. Now, this was just a couple of days before her murder, Catherine's murder. And he told Whedon that her mother had ruined the relationship and he wished something would happen to Miller so that Whedon would know how he felt. Yeah. So three days later she was found dead. <clears throat> so to me, it's either one of those crazy one in a million flukes mm-hmm. of him happening, happening to be murdered at the same time her mom is, which I could see that. I could yeah. too. I mean, I've I had such situ- cases. And I've had situations where uh, like I'd go to work on someone's computer and I know this is weird because it's not a murder, but where I would go work on like, let's say their virus protection or maybe their mouse was out. And while I'm there, the hard drive dies, you know, and they're like, you just broke my computer. You know, it's like, no, I didn't break your computer, you know, but it was a coincidence. So that would just be crazy if that's the case. So
1: this is what I was trying to explain earlier when you asked why are you fascinated with true crime and stuff or serial killers or whatever. And this is why it's so mm-hmm. fascinating to me because I always, I always typically feel that everybody's innocent mm-hmm. and so you have those situations where it's like, yeah,
0: see, mm-hmm. it may not have been that person. And the lady that saw the man coming out of the wooded area that, you know, they yeah. found his body. Um, she said she's never seen anyone come out of that area. That was the first time that she's lived there that she saw someone come out of that area. So that would have made an impact. Yes. She definitely remembered who that was. Yeah. So, so many coincidences. And I don't think that the springy, walking, baby-faced kid did the murder. I think that Elsie Underwood absolutely killed her mom. I mean, it was execution-style we do know she would have had to have known her killer, and it could have been the student that she was boarding that she would have opened the door to, but I, I think it was probably Elsie. But then... He shot through the, the bedroom, too, to the son. Well, Mother, and they never proved any of that. The only no. one they could get him on was Victor. Right. But... I, but, then that, but then that opens the question of, would she have opened up to Elsie? Because he had already said, you know, your mom caused our breakup. You know what I mean? Like, would she have opened up to him knowing he hated her? I don't know. Again, another
1: coincidence would be the board student going over there, hanging out with the mom and leaving right at the same time because he was a cop. He mm-hmm. probably did the surveillance thing and whatnot. Who knows? You know, one thing about Victor's I still think is very odd is the two gunshots. I always thought that there would there would be two people. Mm-hmm. That's just well, odd.
0: Because it, well, one in the head, one in the neck, um, but it was the same gun. But it was different. when at different sides. I'm almost.
2: No, I don't, I don't remember.
0: I don't remember. I I I don't think it was uh, two, just because it was the same weapon from my research that did both shots. I mean, you would shoot him and then hand it over you know like that was kind of weird but it could be a situation where maybe he turned away mm-hmm. you know and there's no telling the killer might have thought he was
3: dead and turned to leave and then thought you know i better make sure and then yeah yeah uh did the mother though kelsey and the son
2: but I, she, I think
3: she, she might have opened the door because she didn't realize he was violent I mean, someone can hate you, but it doesn't mean you may not open
1: the door.
0: Plus, he was a former cop.
1: Mm -hmm. And, I mean, the mom and her, or the daughter and her personalities were similar. You know, um, she very sweet, very um, kind-natured. So I could see her opening the door. And you don't think when you open the door, someone's going to kill you.
0: And I'd also like to know how far before the murder of Victor was... Uh, the, the affair with Heather because if it was pretty recent you know that would really point to that guy doing it mm. and uh, so I don't know we we pretty much have an idea he probably was the how killer. long
3: did Victor leave how long were they broke up before he
0: was killed Couple they weren't years. broke up yeah oh, Victor
3: he was leaving for the evening He just disappeared.
0: Yeah, after and they saw Elsie Underwood's car that evening. Mm -hmm. And uh so now um they all they they, the board guy had the same car. According to the eyewitness, but we Mm -hmm. know how unreliable eyewitness testimony can be. And again, you know, unless they have forensic evidence it ties his car. Kelsey Underwoods, we don't know, you know, so, but did he have the same car? You know, just reading excerpts from the trial, did the defense bring him in and question him? Did they confirm that he had the same car? Uh, No, it was really weird what the defense did actually, which I'll show you in a second. Um, They were stuck on him and that's what it was going to be. So they also showed that when Elsie and Kay were dating, he worked as a police officer at the local high school. And one of the typewriters at the school had been used to type one of the threatening letters. Along with the fact that he owned two weapons that were used in all three shootings, as well as th- thoroughly cleaning his car, including his trunk car- trunk carpet being shampooed, a circumstantial case was there. Tie in the scratches, the footprint p- found in the trunk and the hairs The case seemed strong against L.C., but the murder weapons were never found, and the defense was suspicious of the hairs found some 20 months later on the sixth attempt. The
1: sixth? The sixth attempt of going through the vehicle. That's suspicious
0: within itself. Plus, he also had an eyewitness who saw someone leave the area where Victor's body was disposed of, but here's where it gets interesting. The defense promised to bring into evidence a confession and evidence that someone had seen someone outside of Ms. Miller's house at the time of the murder. But when the time came for the defense to put forward their case, they didn't. And then they didn't let the jury know why they didn't and why they didn't present any testimony supporting the initial opening statements. The state pointed that out, quote, where are those people who will sit here in this chair in front of this microphone and tell you those things that Petitioner's attorney said he would tell you? In fact, ladies and gentlemen, you heard nothing about any of these things. In fact, the state's case remains uncontradicted. In truth, Victor Gunnerson and Catherine Miller died at the hands of Petitioner, overcome by a raging jealousy and obsessive jealousy that led him to murder. So that's weird that the defense didn't bring up any defense, and I would have questioned that too, and thought absolutely um, he, uh, you know, was guilty. And they never
3: sa- he never they never said why they didn't have those witnesses.
1: No, they never said anything. Uh, was it state-appointed defense or was it his personal defense?
0: I have no idea. Um, but I I, like, if 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 um they did not present a defense then that would imply to me he's guilty there's no evidence yeah. to contradict i mean they should but hearsay things like that i'm not sure now to finish up this one uh here's the other strange twist and this is even stranger than that on friday february 28 1986 olaf palme the prime minister of sweden was fatally wounded by a single gunshot to the back while walking home from the cinema with his wife, Lisbeth. She was slightly wounded by a second shot. And Olaf, I guess he wanted to live as normal as possible, you know, as a prime minister. So he didn't have any bodyguard protection, which they've since required them to have. So in 1988, a Christer Peterson was convicted of the murder after Elizabeth identified him. However, his conviction was overturned on appeal and he was acquitted. The prosecutor filed a petition for a new trial, but was denied. And then he later died in 2004. But Christer wasn't the only suspect. Victor was actually charged as a perpetrator in the killing of Olaf. And it seems that the police felt that there were more involved. According to Stockholm police, Victor had a history of far-right political activism as a member of the European Workers' Party, which was, quote, stridently anti-communist and frequently criticizes the Soviet Union. Paul May was a social democrat, and the party made personal attacks against him, but Paul May made attacks against anti-socialist groups too, so it went both ways. But the case against Gunnarsson was weak and he was released though he was surveilled for some period of time. He was harassed for being a suspect in the murder and eventually migrated to the U S only to be murdered. Truth is stranger than fiction. Only to be murdered. Yeah. Wow. Richard. So here's the thing. Oh, yeah, you had
1: mentioned that, um, he, um, was a suspect in the assassination. And when you said that when you originally, um, Recorded this, I immediately thought if he was a true assassin, he wouldn't have gone off with L.C. easily.
0: You know, right. I felt sure. like he would That's have been true.
1: very guarded, protected. He probably would have had some sort of um, weapon on his person or. Yeah. And he probably knew who L.C. was.
0: Yeah.
3: And so. he's a big guy. Some killers like to humiliate the victim, too.
0: Yeah, and the i don't see the nudity.
1: Yeah, the nudity to me that would be humiliation. Yes, but the the one that had all the evidence due to the the affair, he
0: mm-hmm. befriended
1: Victor, didn't he?
0: Yes. Okay. So, before oh, September. sorry, guys, I have a video I want to play for you. Um, so the. The evidence, evidence, I put in quotes, against Victor was just as slim as the evidence against Christer that got his case overturned. It was basically eyewitness. And Mm -hmm. Lisbeth, you know, the wife, pointed out Christer as the killer. But it gets even crazier. So let me pull up this. um, And she was barely wounded. wonder if she knew me. i don't think so but uh let me get past this ad hang on okay for 34
2: years a high-profile murder mystery has intrigued sweden that tonight the death of a former prime minister Olaf palma is case closed Palma was shot back in 1986 while he was walking home from the movies with his wife with no security detail more than a hundred people were suspected of committing the crime Today, officials revealed the man they say pulled the trigger, prompting a sense of relief and frustration. Crystal DeMansi reports on why it could generate a whole new round of conspiracy theories. He was a social democrat who spoke critically of the U.S. over the Vietnam War and called apartheid in South Africa a politically gruesome system. Olaf Palma had enemies and the hunt to find his killer has been as notorious in Sweden as his assassination. This is one of the biggest police investigations in the world. It's often compared with the assassination of JFK and even also with the Lockerbie bombing. Speaking through an interpreter, the head investigator and chief prosecutor shared news the world has been waiting decades to hear. They identified this man, Stig Enstrom, as the shooter. He worked at an insurance company on the same street where the shooting took place. He put himself front and center claiming to be a witness. Palma was shot in the back at point blank range and there were apparently several witnesses but authorities didn't present any evidence connecting Enstrom to the murder. I feel confident about our conclusions. But uh, I will not have the possibility to to present it to a court. There won't be a trial. Enstrom ended his own life in 2000. Previously, it was thought that Christopher Patterson was the killer. His conviction was overturned partly because of a lack of evidence. The killing has been shrouded in rumor and speculation. Conspiracy theories involve everything from South African security forces to rogue Swedish police with far-right beliefs. It's national trauma. A national trauma is how the current prime minister described Paula's assassination, adding he hopes the wounds can now heal.
0: Okay, so that's the majority of it. So here's what's crazy to me. Do what? Your volume's like
1: really high. I don't know why. Did you turn it up when you were doing the video?
0: Huh? It went
1: up. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, go ahead. So the the Stig guy that they're you know a graphic designer, he was interviewed along with a dozen of other people, including Victor, and he was briefly considered a suspect. So again, it's like they're just you know whoever was in the vicinity. It's like they're they're targeting these people, but since he's dead, there's nothing they can do if he isn't the killer. They've now ruined his name. Yeah. yeah. And so when they asked him, as you know, why do you think it's him? The lead prosecutor said, "Quote: How he acted was what how we believe the murderer would have acted." And there were hundreds of suspects.
3: Right. You Lots know, of cases, though. They say, "I think it was him because she didn't. He didn't cry enough. She didn't cry enough." You. Some people don't have emotion like a normal person. Doesn't mean they're guilty.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that whole, you're going to base your entire supposition and you're going to ruin this man's reputation because he didn't act the way you thought he should act. You know, like to me, the basis of that, I could see it could be like maybe an indicator you're on the right track, mm-hmm. but you can't base your entire case and say without any evidence whatsoever that this man did because he acted a certain way because, uh, your normal is not the other person's normal. That that's just really weird to me. So and it's
3: bad because once that's on you and people think it, even if you're cleared, it ruins your
0: life. Well, it drove Victor to immigrate to the United States, where he was murdered. Right. You know? So it's just a weird thing. Murder is messy, and you know you're not always going to have the the loose ends tied. But I do not believe that this man did it. If he yeah. did, they need evidence before they get on national television and say, we did it because he acted like a murderer would have acted.
3: Yeah, it's crazy. Or in the vicinity. I mean,
0: mm-hmm. doesn't
3: make you a murderer just because you're there.
0: There's a crime junkie podcast I uh, might like, or an episode that I might like to do eventually about a man who I think is innocent and he is in jail for shooting his wife. And there's so much forensic evidence that proves that she was trying to commit suicide. He grabbed the gun, <clears throat> and when he grabbed it, it went off, and it killed her. And, I mean, it's just overwhelming evidence, but they believe he did it because of the way he acted after. That's,
3: that's, that doesn't prove anything. Yeah, yeah that needs doesn't. To be changed.
0: Again, it can be an indicator he might be on the right track, but it's not proof to me. There's some that have passed lie
3: detector, but because of the way they acted... The lie detector's wrong. I mean, yes. even if it says he wasn't, it's crazy. It He's is crazy. Make it whoever you want to.
0: All right. So y'all have anything to add to this after show
3: combo? Nope. Just that. But it was interesting about what you said about
1: it. He, that's why he came over here. Yeah. So, Ashley, who do you think uh, killed Victor? I think
3: the husband did. I do too. That's a lot of proof. A lot of
1: coincidences. I don't know. That I would be didn't say that the
0: police planted evidence.
1: Yeah, but after
3: the they gave it time.
0: You would have to say the they planted evidence, it. and I can say I, I have no problem with that because um, you know we hear of it being done. They want <clears> justice <throat> for the mom mm-hmm. and the daughter, I, I think. I just don't know. Um, Yeah, I just don't know. I think if I had heard that evidence in a trial, I would have probably acquitted.
3: Right, me too.
0: But if there was more evidence proving Elsie did it, uh, you know, and then still had evidence, absolutely I would have convicted. But if if it's based on 6th attempt of trying to find evidence and all of a sudden 17 hairs mysteriously poof are there, uh, I I would definitely be suspicious and I would have reasonable doubt. So mm-hmm. here's the thing about what y'all are saying.
1: So people want forensic evidence to put people away. Right. Well, there is forensic evidence and that's not enough. So it mm-hmm. makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Why right. they
1: have to have all the evidence possible.
0: But here's why I'm definitely going to be along the lines that Elsie uh, killed Victor. And that's because the defense... Did not bring any of that up. So they had to have found something that would have made it to where the guy that was saying he killed, because he confessions mean nothing to me. No. People confess to crazy stuff all the time. Was he doing that just to scare his wife? Bravado. I killed him. You know, yeah. like, was that what was going on there? And then other people assumed he knew details that no one could know. You know what I mean? He said it to the police, though, even. Well, he If admitted-
3: you're trying to scare your wife, I wouldn't go and say it to the police.
0: Right. Well, he didn't confess, that so he did it. He did confess, no, but- yes, I wanted to kill him. Yes, I did no. say I did it. But when it came to did you, I'd like a lawyer. So that that is interesting. But why the question that makes me think that Elsie Underwood did do it is this. The defense did not bring any of that up. So they had to have, when they investigated and went into it, It wasn't enough, or they were incompetent. So I'm interested if it was state of. I do. They did do a lot of appeals, and one of his appeals was on their incompetence, and they did not present a case on his behalf. But and it actually his conviction got overturned. Then, when they uh, went to the next level of court, the judge reinstated it. So
3: I bet it was a public defendant. Probably. I imagine. He
2: didn't have the money. He was a policeman. Right. I imagine it was.
3: Okay.